Hello, friends. You're listening to the Lincolnite Podcast with me, Ronnie Byrne. If you're listening on a podcast provider, please remember to hit subscribe and to leave us a review. But if you're listening on the Lincolnite website, you can find the links to your preferred podcast provider at the bottom of the page. So, earlier this morning, following on from a momentous four-day Platinum Jubilee weekend, I had the opportunity to speak to a queen much closer to home. Celine Begone is one of Lincoln's hottest drag acts and regularly hosts nights in bars and clubs across the city. I wanted to learn more about the drag culture and the LGBTQ plus community in Lincoln, as well as how Celine got her start in the fascinating world of drag. So friends, the fabulous Celine Begone. So, I'm joined by the magical Celine Begone. Celine, how are we this morning? I'm good, thank you, love. How about yourself? I'm very well, thank you, myself. Very well, thank you. So, I will ask, as one of Lincoln's resident queens, tell me about your own Jubilee weekend. It's been absolutely manic. It's probably the way I described it, but in a good way. <laughs> I've done sort of extra Jubilee sort of themed events, sort of like uh, bottomless drag brunches. Uh, we've done outdoor terrace parties. Um, across multiple venues uh, for the, the brunches especially um, it has been insane and it's, it's not just the venues I've been at it's been sort of seeing where my colleagues have been working and whatnot as well it's just been such a vibrant atmosphere um, the, the four day weekend definitely hasn't disappointed <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic to hear so you're a pretty integral part of Lincoln's drag scene as far as I'm concerned how long has drag been a part of your life and how did you get into it? So I started doing drag in about 2010, 2011. I can't remember the exact starting point, about sort of looking way back into the memory books. Mm. Um, and it, it, was, it started as a bit of fun. Uh, it was a fancy dress night at a holiday park we were at, and it was boys dressed as girls, girls dressed as boys, very sort of linear, um, very sort of just tongue-in-cheek fancy dress. Mm. Uh, and from there, I found it sort of like, Lots of fun. Um, so I did, I did it a few more times uh, for themed events, sort of fancy dress and things um, for non-specific themes. Mm. And then before I knew it, you fast forward to 2016, I'm doing it commercially. Um, it was wow. never my plan to get into doing it commercially or to do any do for any more than fun. But um, when people started to offer to pay me for something I was doing anyway for fun, um, I thought it, it, it's a no-brainer. And then you fast forward to now and it's became my full-time thing effectively. Yeah, so you're, you're half a decade deep in this as well. That's that's wild. Yeah, commercially I am, yeah. That's fantastic. And I, I know this is coming from a total outsider from that entire world, but I feel like, personally, I feel like Lincoln's never been more inclusive and just accepting of different cultures, different themes, different identities. But are there any drawbacks to being a drag queen in a city like Lincoln? Uh, yes, uh, there's positives and negatives to it. I, th I think the biggest negative is because Lincoln is such a small city with such a small LGBT scene, as it were, sort mm. of, uh, primarily nightlife, which is where a lot of the commercialisation comes for uh, drag queens and entertainers like myself. Um, it means there's, there's a lot less access to work, generally speaking. Yeah. In more recent years, I've found uh, more venues and more establishments, more organisations wanting to book drag queens mm. which has provided more work i mean just since lockdown has sort of ceased itself i've managed to find myself work um, in other venues throughout the city uh, uh, ignoring the lgbt venue mm. um, or as well as the lgbt venue even um so so there are negatives with having a small city like lincoln in comparison to like manchester or london or birmingham but at the same time the positives from that is that it because it's a smaller city um 
although there's less access to work, you tend to find there's, there's less challenge for work, there's less sort of competition because a lot of people gravitate towards the bigger areas. So if you are a newer drag queen wanting to start out in a smaller city like Lincoln, I feel like you've got more of a chance than somewhere with high competition mm. like London, Birmingham, Manchester. Yeah, that, that is interesting. And one thing that does interest me is like, our name names about venues. The, the fact that, so you have a night at Mailbox. What, what night is your night at Mailbox? Uh, I do Tuesday night at Mailbox, Drag Bingo. Drag Bingo. I love that about Mailbox because I remember, I'm 27 now, I'm pushing it a little bit. I remember Mailbox <laughs> way back when. I remember when it was Varsity and it, it just wasn't that sort of pub. Like it, the idea of having something like Drag Bingo at somewhere like Varsity would have blown heads apart. Because it was a pub, it was a boozer. It's where we got to watch match, couple of Nelson Mandela's, do you know what I mean? And it, it's things like that that really show to me how Lincoln is changing. And sticking with venues... Like you say, we you said one LGBT venue, and that is pretty much it, and that is the scene on Newland. But how important has the scene been in terms of you and so many others being able to express yourself freely and, and to give you a platform for what it is that you guys do? Um, I've always attributed my success to the scene. I said that if you'd have picked me up and placed my experiences and what I was doing in a bigger city like Manchester or London or whatnot, like I said, uh, I wouldn't be commercial now, I don't think, or at least not to the success I've got. Um, I'd have still been doing it for fun. Um, I was in the right place at the right time with the scene. I'd got the right amount of experience necessary for when they needed somebody to start doing like cover work. Mm. Uh, and that's what, how I was able to progress from there, I think. Um, but I, I think in the scene in itself, it sort of, as well as with my experiences, I think it's an integral part of the, uh, the Lincoln LGBT community. I mean, mm. it's grown from strength to strength year on year. Um, over the past 10 years I've been here to see it sort of evolve um, talking to people that have been in Lincoln longer than that that have seen it um, the scene the LGBT scene in Lincoln sort of grow uh, from what it used to be I mean Lincoln used to cater multiple LGBT venues from what mm. I'm aware um, but to varying levels of success um, based on I, I think the fact that it was too watered down in the city that there's too many venues for a city so small uh, but for whatever reason other than that or people weren't engaging with them then you you have the scene now that's got busier and busier and I think it stands as testament as to, um, one, obviously what they're doing commercially successful, um, but two, I think it just shows that there is still an importance and a need for an LGBT safe space where people can express themselves um, and be the person they want to be, whether it's uh, something they're usually being um, on a day-to-day -day basis that they feel comfortable doing, being, they can, they can be amongst others um, like themselves, or it's, if it's a venue where it's like a safe haven where it's their once a week night out or twice a week night out, they can go out and be themselves after sort of being really constrained all week based on whatever job yeah. they've got, the family they're living with. Um, it, it provides such a crucial part of our community. And over the years, it's diversified so much as to who goes in. I mean, I remember when I first turned up um, back when the scene was very much a pub and not sort of a late night venue or a night yeah. club uh, by, by comparison. And it was, it was a lot quieter than it is now. Um, and over the years, we've diversified to the point where you've got people young and old going um, on a more extreme basis than ever before. You've, you've got people from all walks of life and backgrounds, whether classes, religions, um, sexual orientation, gender identity. Um, they're, they're, it's one of the few, few venues that I can walk in and you can see people that you would never expect to be engaging with if you looked in another venue on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah so they're, no, all, like, they're, they're all sort of... Um, combined by that, they want to, to be individual, but also together. 
Yeah, it's an institution in Lincoln. It really is. Uh, that is really what it's become. Like you say, it went from a pub to a late night venue, which is now just synonymous with the whole thing. I, I, I really do love it there. And I don't know anyone that doesn't. That's kind of the magic of the scene in a, in a strange way. Celine, June, of course, Pride Month. How busy will the next three weeks be for Celine Begum? Um, busy as you can imagine. Um, <laughs> with, with Pride Month coming up, uh, we've been in the thick of Pride Month now. It's sort of straight off the back of the bank, Holy Jubilee weekend mm. into this. Um, so it's sort of, yeah. Um, my, my weekly residences will continue as normal. Um, I've got some extra things booked in along the way. Some of them off the back of the Jubilee weekend as well. Um, <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, uh, Apparently, uh, one, one weekend wasn't enough. Uh, so some of the successful events are continuing on till sort of late June as well. Mm. Uh, one of which being a community day, um, which is one of the things the scene is quite eager to engage with. Obviously, we are, as I said a second ago, we are, have become like a, a late night mm. venue. Um, there. So we've lost the opportunity to engage with our younger audiences and our mm. families in the daytime hours that we used to. But um, in the last weekend in June, the last Sunday, we've got... Uh, a workshop day where we've got some drag queens in with makeup and wigs and sewing machines and it's going to be open to people under under the ages of 18 um, so that they can come in and experience the LGBT safe space themselves as well as engage with people um, that are, I suppose older and might have words of wisdom that um, they've not been able to receive before based on so the age differentiation. Mm. That's so, important. That's great. Yeah. It is. I, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, then we've got tribute acts coming up. Um, it's 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 going to be mad. But I'm trying to be sensible. I'm trying to make sure my work life balance isn't <laughs> isn't too healthy. Because as an LGBT person, as a gay man, I think I also deserve a night off occasionally um, to actually <laughs> celebrate Pride Month. Myself. I was going to say in this month of all of them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's also my birthday month. That's important. My birthday month. So I've got to make time for myself. Oh, is it really? Uh, When's your birthday? Thirtieth <laughs> of June it is. So not till the end, but it means I've got to run up to it. <laughs> still counts still counts <laughs> and what I wanted to wrap up on what I really wanted to ask and it's sort of two questions rolled into one when Celine Begon walks on that stage be the stage a pub for a drag bingo be the stage the actual stage at the scene what can people anticipate but what does that also do for you in, in your heart in your soul I, I'd love to know those two th I really would love to know those two things <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's a, there's a few running sort of catch lines, I suppose, that are used for me over the years. Um, one is that I'm, at, I'm the uh, the drunk aunt at a wedding. Um, <laughs> Acts really classy, but probably really isn't, especially after a few rosés. Um, <laughs> um, uh, and, and then the other one is that um, I'm, I'm like the embodiment of camp elegance. So mm. my, my dress is a flamboyant and sort of, I suppose, typical early British drag that you'd expect, very sort of loud, very proud, very sequined, sort of embodied. My wigs are very large, generally speaking. I like most of my wigs as updos. Mm. So the notable, my makeup itself is very masquerade, very big again. Um, if you can't see me from, uh, see my makeup from the other side of the room, it's not big enough in my opinion. Um, <laughs> in terms of my performance aspect, like I said, I, I'm camp but elegant. So my, my humour is very tongue-in-cheek. My hosting style is very tongue-in-cheek. Um, the songs I do, though, however, are very ballady. So a lot of people assume it's going to be comedy numbers coming out of my mouth continually. Mm. Um, I sing a lot of sort of ballads, a lot of musical theatre. Um, so, so if you, I, sadly, I'm not a very upbeat person when it comes to my performance style, but I try and make it as tongue-in-cheek as possible. I think I carry myself with 
my live vocals um, yes. and my part and my party dances. I think that's where my energy comes from, <laughs> um, from from the obvious party dances to the more obscure ones. Mm. Um, as for me, what it does for me, it's such a buzz. Um, I remember growing up. Um, if you'd have told me I'd be doing this now, uh, entertaining on a stage or hosting events regularly, I'd be like, no. Um, I always saw uh, an entertainer as like a sort of a dream job, as in like some sort of grow up wanting to be in a football, or some people grow up wanting to be on television, some people grow up wanting to be singers. I thought, no, this is this is out of my reaches. And then you fast forward to now, and I trained obviously originally in Lincoln to be. I came to Lincoln to go to university, mm. uh, trained to be a secondary school teacher. Um, got my master's degree and then I found that I'm doing this. <laughs> um, I do I do still teach from time to time. I do still work in that education, but um, generally speaking, I've not been able to let go of this. And I've, what, what originally I thought was going to be a sideline thing for me uh, has become the biggest part of my life. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it because it gives me such a buzz to go on stage, have that energy, uh, have that attention. I think people are actually here to see me when they're here. Um, which is which is it's such an awesome feeling to know that you're you're making such a difference to people's lives. Whether it be the highlights of their weeks, they find you hilarious, or the the support um, structure to their week because you're somebody that'll sit there and listen to them, having having a chat to them. Um, as long as they leave with a smile on their face at the end of the night or the end of the day, whatever it's I'm doing, I know I've done something right, even if it's only half the crowd. Mm. Um, so not everyone's going to love me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Celine, you're an icon. If people want to learn more about you, your work, or come and see you live, where can they find out more about that? Uh, I'm on Instagram and I'm on uh, Facebook uh, and I've got my own website, selinebegone.co.uk. Uh, so you can get everything on there. Um, it tells you the venues I'm working at. You can get my merchandise from there, which is a currently growing and expanding chain. So I'll throw that one out there. Um, but my, my Instagram and my uh, Facebook are where it's at for keeping up to date with me. So Celine Begone. Celine Begum, thank you ever so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you very much. More than welcome. Thank you. Celine Begum there, friends. What a great conversation. You can find out more about Celine by heading to her Facebook page or going to Instagram and searching for at Celine underscore Begum. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Lincolnite podcast. Remember to share, review and subscribe. I've been Ronnie Byrne and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>